1: Cardinals picked up a desperation win over the Saints, 42-34, to on Thursday night football. And now, it's time for the Pick'em Show. It's time for the Pick'em Show. I'm back. We had a... Late concert night last night, so... Kristen is still... I'm going to sit this one out. Uh, I I hope she'll be back eventually, but... You know, the grind of producing weekly podcasts... Can be overwhelming sometimes. And I know, I do four of them. Anyway... The Cardinals probably saved... Cliff Kingsbury's job... With their win over... The Saints in Arizona... And, as I had hoped, despite it being a battle of two and four teams, it still turned out to be a pretty competitive game. And, you know, the Cardinals had to face a little bit uh, of... Not, I adversity is maybe a strong word, but they were down 7-3 right away. They gave up a big 53-yard touchdown to Rashid Shaheed, the speedster who's been filling in while some of the other Saints players are out. And, you know, they were down 7-0 to start, and then there was a swing after some interceptions. There's an interception return for a touchdown. Uh, There's actually two of those, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I am mistaken. Nope, I'm not. There were two. The game was tied at 14, and the Cardinals returned interceptions on back-to-back possessions for the Saints. And it's going to raise some interesting questions going forward about what do the Saints want to do with Andy Dalton because their offense is clearly better with him, but he did, I think, throw three picks in this game, two of which were returned for touchdowns, and ultimately they ended up losing the game. But he was 30 of 47 for 361 with four touchdowns to go along with his three picks. And if you played him in like daily fantasy, you probably got him for the cheapest amount possible and really had a good time. But ultimately what I expected to happen happened, which if you read the preview for the Thursday night game, which let's face it, you didn't because nobody did. Um, I figured even though the Saints are a good running team, it was going to go right into the teeth of where Arizona's defense was best and with all the injuries at the receiver position for New Orleans it was just going to be hard for them to keep pace in a game like this and that's what happened and the two interception return touchdowns definitely hurt it put the Saints down 14 points in a game where they were tied and had the ball and the return of DeAndre Hopkins definitely shifted how the balance of power was in the game because Kyler Murray only, you know, threw the ball 29 times, and Hopkins got 14 of those for 10 catches and 103, so just having him back forces a defense to respect them in a different way, and, you know, Benjamin was able to cash in for 12 carries, 92 yards, and a touchdown. So, I don't know that Arizona is out of the woods yet, but it was a good game for them to hold serve at home in a winnable game where they were taking it on a team that was maybe equally as beat up as they were, if not more so. And I think what I ended up saying was conventional wisdom says the Saints will run the ball, play ground and pound, control the ball as much as possible, and try and win the game that way. And that's what they tried to do. And then, you know, once it got a little bit out of hand there at the end of the first half, they were kind of forced to throw a lot. And them having Olave back made a big difference. He had seven catches for 106. Couldn't convert the score, though. Uh, Taysom Hill ended up with a screen pass touchdown reception and some rushing yards and some passing yards as well. So that helped. He only had nine rushing yards, but he was 2 of 2 for 48 yards passing. So getting him involved definitely helps their offense. And I just don't know if the Saints end up going back to... Jameis Winston. At this point, he's clearly dealing with injury. He struggled when he was in there earlier, and if they're going to be a, a losing team regardless, then I don't know. I don't know who gives them the best chance to win at this point because they did have wins with Jameis in the game, but he was less effective, and they've been hurt basically as a offense ever since he left. So him and Landry and Thomas. all been out unders pete is also out um so it's really like their their b team their their seconds on the depth chart in terms of the quarterback and receivers and andy dalton you know they practice with those guys so that's why they have a good relationship that's why things are clicking so we'll see um robbie anderson the new addition for the cardinals didn't really do much he had a couple snaps out there at least that i saw he was targeted once with no catches And really, nobody had any catches besides DeAndre Hopkins. He was a vacuum out there. Uh, The rest of the team combined only had 10 to match Hopkins' 10. So, I mean, obviously, you could tell that Kyler Murray was happy to have DeAndre Hopkins back. And who wouldn't be? Uh, And Hopkins didn't even look great, to be honest. But he's just that good where him looking like he's not at 100% yet. Are not quite in rhythm with uh, full speed football since I mean it's been almost a year since he played, but he's just that good. Where on a on a mid level day he'll go for ten grabs and 103 yards. So that's something to keep an eye on moving forward, especially as the Cardinals try to get healthy along the offensive line as Connor comes back, moving to three and four. The odds are that they will at least not be alone in the bottom of the AFC West standings anymore. Every team in the division is 3-3, three and three, so there's a chance that they actually wind up with at least a piece of first place. And that's, uh, that's what they're hoping for, because uh, Kingsbury has been in the crosshairs. He's come under heavy criticism over the last, uh, I don't know, month or so. And his teams, despite having pretty good starts over the last few seasons typically tend to decline around mid-season as teams figure them out, and it was just a question of whether or not that's starting to happen a little bit earlier, and you know what? we'll see but it allowed kyler murray to have an like an efficient solid game 20 of 29 for 200 and a touchdown and it was the defense and like like i thought arizona's defense was better and the saints give up a lot of points so it was just a good spot for the cardinals to win and i wasn't even against taking the saints at plus money here because you know when the game was 14 all and they had the ball it looked like it was still a very winnable game for them and then two pick sixes later on back-to-back possessions and you know that was the end of that but I digress. Uh, We got picks to get to. Kristen's not here to guide me, so we're going to try a new system while I'm alone. When I'm alone with myself, I don't know how to manage the clock Uh, very much in bad coaching fashion. I don't have a coach. I am the coach. I'm on the field, too. My field being this studio. Uh, So we're going to put two minutes on the clock and that's gonna be the time I allow myself to go through each of these games and take a look at what I see and what I expect to see from it so we're gonna start with the Falcons on the road at the Bengals two minutes starting now Cincy is favored by seven and a half which is a lot considering the Falcons playing a lot of close games oh I see it's come down to six and a half already maybe it was at six and a half regardless it's a touchdown so they're favored by a touchdown over under a 47 and a half gotta take the over there in this game you just expect it to be high scoring both of these teams tend to end up in games that are high scoring both of their scoring averages would suggest that they're gonna break that and their points allowed is combined over 40 as well and both teams are three and three But the Falcons are 6-0 against the spread. You know, that streak's got to end at some point, but I don't think it's this game. The Falcons have been competitive. I I like the Falcons this year. Uh, I had said last season that Arthur Smith is a very good coach, and he deserves some credit for what he did and for being able to get them in a position where they were competitive late in the season despite uh, basically losing a lot of their talent all at the same time. And uh, aside from, you know, thinking that the Bengals are a better team, there's nothing to really get me off of my decision to go with them to win a tight game. They have the experience. Uh, they have a slight defensive edge, although Josh Depuo and or Tupou and Logan Wilson are both out on the defense to go with DJ Reader, who's been on IR. So their D tackle position is a little thin. But aside from that, I like the Bengals overall, and that seems to be the consensus uh, uh, among ESPN and probably most people that are playing in Pick'em Leagues. So that's two minutes right there, and, you know, I I gotta side with the Bengals. Reds picks. Bengals. Two minutes goes by quick, but we are on to the Lions at the Cowboys. Interesting game. Uh... But it would have been more interesting had some of the injury issues not popped up for the Lions. They're coming off a bye week, so that helps, but they are stuck at 1-4. I do believe they're a better team than their 1-4 record would suggest, but at the end of the day, they're 1-4 regardless, and the Cowboys are getting Dak Prescott back. It's a spot where Dallas is supposed to win, and you know if they lose, that would be pretty embarrassing. Uh, the, they're healthier than the Lions right now. You know, Gallup is getting back into the swing of things. Um, Dak is obviously back. Charles Harris is out on the D-line still. Uh, Jason Cabinda, I don't, excuse me, Charles Harris is out on the D-line for the Lions. Cabinda is still out uh, for them. I don't think I've seen him play yet this season. DeAndre Swift, questionable against a very tough defense. And Josh Reynolds, questionable as well. It's it's a technically a winnable game for the Lions. I just I see them being behind here, and the only thing that will maybe keep it close is if the Cowboys are just not in rhythm with Dak under center. But the Lions giving up 34 points a game makes it very tasty for uh, Dak to return and not have to. Necessarily be at his best in order to succeed. They got the over-under on this game at 49. I don't think it'll get there because I don't know that the Lions are equipped to deal with this defense. We will have to see. Their number one offense in the league got shut out before they went into the bye week, so maybe a little bit of fool's gold with them, but I still think they're solid. It's The problem is their yards allowed per game is ridiculous. Uh, they're giving up almost... 270 a game passing and 170 a game rushing so you're gonna get what you want against their defense and then it's gonna be up to their offense to do the rest six and a half points i'll probably take dallas there and uh dallas the cover makes the most sense to me reds picks cowboys moving right along we get the colts and titans rematch uh the titans beat them in Indianapolis not that long ago what was it week two week three so it's kind of early to have what should have shaken out as probably the you know the div- div- division winner is going to come from this game so it's a little weird that it's happening this early but it is what it is and they just got to deal with it I mean Quidipe and Shaquille Leonard are out on the Colts defense which is not ideal and the Titans are missing Nate Davis at right guard and Zach Cunningham at linebacker uh, Tory Carter's out at fullback and Traylon Burks went to IR Kyle Phillips is questionable so they're, they're a little thin at receiver but they still got Derrick Henry and for some reason they just know how to beat this Colts team no matter who's under center I think Ryan Tannehill is five and one Against this uh indie team since he's taken over quarterbacking the titans so it's an interesting matchup i hope that jonathan taylor's ankle injury is taken care of and he is you know 100% good to go because i've got him in some fantasy leagues and i need him back in a big way and you know the tennessee defense has not been stellar they give up a yards on the ground but that's better than the Colts giving up 121 uh, but overall you can throw the ball against Tennessee and I think that's where the Colts are going to have their chance but they score less per game and you know they give up a little less per game but they do have more offensive yardage Titans favored by two and a half Ugh. at home Colts need this one but at three two and one they're not as much in the dirt as they were Oh no, time's up. I gotta make a pick. Alright. I balked on the Titans last time. I had picked them, and then I switched and pivoted to the Colts and picked them and lost. So, I'll probably go with the Titans this time, and the opposite will happen. So that's the Titans. Red's picks. She's going with the Titans as well. That brings us to the Packers on the road at the Commanders. Green base 3-3, but... Have dropped back-to-back games hasn't been pretty for them at all and i think they kind of suck but i honestly think the commanders still suck more but at least they have a win under their belt in the last couple of weeks uh so that's i don't know the packers have just been so disappointing and You know, I felt that their defense was overrated. I have not made my feelings about Aaron Rodgers uh, a secret. And I figured that they would probably take a step down, but I didn't expect them to miss the step and go tumbling down the stairs into irrelevance. But that's where they're headed if they don't win this game. It's borderline a must-win game for them. And... You know, what other option do they have but to find a way to win this game? Uh, Sammy Watkins, questionable, so he might come back. Bakhtiari, questionable. Other than that, they should be closer to full strength. Washington, on the other hand, lots of injuries. Logan Thomas still out. Cosme, questionable. Uh, Wentz is on IR, so Heineke's getting the start. You've got to think that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are going to find a way to beat Taylor Heineke. But, I mean, in my heart, I want the Commanders to win because I've got no love lost for the Packers. Uh, I know that they are similar to the Bills, a small market team that is always chasing that elusive championship, but at least they got the one. I'm just ready for it to be over and to move on. So, Packers probably win, but I will cheer for the Commanders. What's the spread in this game? Oop, out of time. Let me see. One last thought. Spread four and a half. Eh, I'll go commanders to cover that four and a half, but Packers to win. Ritz picks. Ritz likes Heineke and the commanders. That takes us to the Bucks on the road at the Panthers. And, you know, similarly to the Packers, the Bucks are also three and three. They've struggled. They're two and four against the spread at 13 points. And they are missing Julio Jones. Cameron Brait is out with an injury. Shaq Mason, questionable. Akeem Hicks, out again. Mike Edwards, questionable. Carlton Davis, out. Sean Murphy, bunting, out. I will take Carolina to cover. But I also think Carolina is probably the worst team in football. And they have J.C. Horn and Dontha Jackson, both questionable. Frankie Luvu questionable. Matt Ioannidis, doubtful. Uh, Taylor Moton, right tackle, Questionable. LaVisca Chenant, questionable. Baker Mayfield, doubtful. Sam Darnold on IR. Matt Corral on IR. So it's PJ Walker time. And, you know, against the Bucs defense, probably not good for him. But PJ Walker is not terrible if they're playing other bad teams. But, you know, Tom Brady, I don't think he's going to let his team lose this game, especially after losing to Pittsburgh last week uh but yeah the the spread is so big and with an over under of 39 and a half and seeing the bucks give up some points here and there pfft, i don't know i'll still go under because i think that their defense has to step up and play well here and you know their offense is better you know they're the better team they're gonna win this game as long as you know nothing catastrophic happens but the Bucks should be fully capable of winning this game regardless. Uh, Carolina just traded away Christian McCaffrey to the 49ers, so they're basically in tank mode, and I don't think they have any intention of winning this game, but they'll go through the motions. So I think Bucks, and maybe a surprise cover at plus 13 for the Panthers. Oh, and that's two minutes right there. Look at that. Reds picks. Rid says Panthers upset. Moving along briskly here, we've got the Giants on the road at the Jags. The Jags are heavily favored. Well, not heavily favored, but three point favorites at home, even though they're two and four against a five and one team. Minus 170, over under a 43. I will take the over on that, no problem. I guess I'm looking at a Giants team that is maybe a little beat up with injuries. Uh, and of course they're beat up with injuries. They're the Giants, they're always hurt. Um, but none of the injuries to me are ones that I'm looking at. Like, they're going to be too bad. Kadarius Tony's out. Kenny Galladay's out. Shepard's on IR, but they've been dealing with that. They've got Slayton. Uh, they've got Johnson. They've got Wandale. Daniel Jones, healthy. Feliciano's questionable, playing center. Uh, but I think he's backing up. He's stepping into play center now. O'Shane Ziminis is out. But I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on the weather. Let me see what the weather is in this game, because we saw what happened to the Bills going down to Florida and playing in that muck and how bad it was. So let's see. No, it's supposed to be 70 degrees, game-time weather. All right, well, I'm going with the Giants then. I think the Jags interestingly enough the loss to philly seems to have completely broken their confidence after they were up 14 nothing i thought they would have uh, figured out that they can play with the best team in the league but they've looked uh, pretty shitty since then to be honest uh they lost 13 to 6 to houston which was gross they looked okay last week against indy but you know trevor lawrence just had a middling day and they ran the ball a lot and they still couldn't win so i don't know what they're doing i really don't um ATN ran for 86, Hasty at 57, Robinson at 54. They ran the ball for 243 yards and couldn't win. <laughs> That's not good. Timer sounds again. Uh, I'm going with the Giants on the road. As long as the weather is okay, it sounds good to me. Reds picks. Jags. Next up is a battle of the AFC North as Cleveland goes to Baltimore to take on the Ravens who were formerly the Cleveland Browns at one point. I think this is the first matchup between these two. It's always an interesting game. The Ravens are beat up. They're always beat up. Rashad Bateman, questionable. Andrews, questionable. Patrick Carr, questionable. Staley, questionable. But he did come back and play last week for the first time in a while. Morgan Moses, questionable. Marcus Peters, questionable. Justin Houston, questionable. But they did get Jason Pierre-Paul back, which is at least a step in the right direction. Bad news for the Browns is that Wyatt Teller, their stud right guard is out. Jadavion Clowney, questionable, but always questionable. And Denzel Ward is out. So that's not a great recipe, but they still should be able to be competitive here. I don't like seeing that the Browns have gone uh, basically in the tank over the last uh, couple of weeks. You know, they were two and two at one point. They beat a bad Carolina team in a close game. They lost to the jets, which was a bad sign. They beat Pittsburgh, looked like they were riding the ship, but then they lose on the road in Atlanta, where Chubb has a great day in front of his uh, hometown crowd. They lose 30-28 to to the Chargers in another close game, and then they basically spent it all trying to win those two games and got blown out by the Patriots, 38-15. to I don't like that going into this matchup with the Ravens, but if anybody's going to blow a lead late in the game and give it up, it's going to be the Ravens. They're six and a half point favorites. Division game over under 46. I will take the Ravens to win, the Browns to cover, and the over uh, among two bad defenses. Reds picks. She likes Cleveland in the upset. I can't tell if I hate or love this two minute timer, but it is helping the show not waste too much time other than this right now that's 10 seconds right there but next we've got jets on the road at the broncos uh the broncos stink their season is going down in flames in a hurry russell wilson is not playing in this game i guess he hurt his hamstring in the last game but uh, i'm guessing his ego is more bruised than anything He probably would be playing if he could, but they may be in tank mode themselves. Uh, DJ Jones, questionable. Deshaun Williams, questionable. Josie Jewell, questionable. Quinn Miners, questionable. Uh, So you got three guys in the middle of the defense, questionable. Wilson out, which means Brett Ripian is starting. And they got nothing against Ripian, but the Jets have shown that they're a pretty good team here. They are favored on the road by a point and a half for a reason. Over-under of 36, you know, the Broncos can't even score when Russell Wilson's playing, so the idea that they're going to light it up with Rippian, I don't know, but he may have no fear. So I know it's low. I know they don't score a lot, and so it's expected to be low. I'm going to go against conventional wisdom. I'm going to take the over 36 and a half because I think the Broncos are going to find a way to score uh, and just, like, have some freedom without the constraints of The pressure that's associated with Russell Wilson having to perform for them to be good. I think the Jets still win. Point and a half, kind of easy for me. They don't have any major injuries that I'm concerned with, uh, other than Elijah Moore, who is just not playing because he wants to be traded. And other than that, it's like, okay, whatever. Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, I have those guys in fantasy. They'll get more snaps. Conklin also helps me as well. Uh, And they're healthy aside from that, and they're playing pretty good. So I don't see any reason why to pick... Uh, the Broncos here, but that's two minutes, so easy peasy Jets. Reds picks. She's going with the Jets too. And we've got the Texans at the Raiders next. Texans are 1-3-1. and one. They're not good, but they've managed to get out of being the worst team in football, thanks to the Panthers. And the Raiders are 1-4, so they're right there at the bottom with them. But you've got to think just based on talent, that the Raiders are the better team, and this is a game that, if they have any hopes of salvaging their season and getting to something like ten and six, that they will win this game. And they're at home. Hunter Renfro still questionable. Mac Coll- Mac Hollins still questionable. Darren Waller still out. So I imagine it's going to be a lot of Josh Jacobs in this one. And the Texans give up 164 ground yards a game. So this is going to be a ground and pound style of football here. And the Texans only score 17 points per game, and that's not a good recipe here. They can probably score on the Raiders, but, you know, it being a 7-point spread, I've got to look at the fact that the Texans lost by 7 to Denver, 3 to Chicago, 10 to the Chargers, and then 1 by 7 against the Jags. That's None of that is ideal. They are 3-1-1 one and one against the spread, so it could be close but it's a it's a spot for the Raiders to actually win a game they're supposed to win. And I'm going to take the Raiders to win and to cover seven. And I think I will also take the over at 45 and a half. Reds picks. She's taking Houston. We have arrived at the Seahawks and the Chargers. The are favored uh, 72% by ESPN. Uh, they're 4-2. They're also 4-2 against the spread. Five points in this one favored over Seattle. Over under 50 and a half. We could see Keenan Allen make his return. It's quite possible. Um, Tyler Lockett's questionable for the Seahawks. Gabe Jackson is doubtful. Keenan Allen's still questionable, but Josh Palmer is ruled out, and so is Donald Parham Jr. So with Guyton on IR, it looks like this is the spot where Keenan Allen will finally return, and that's going to help a lot because if you look at how they were defended in the last game and how Mike Williams was not really able to be effective against, albeit a good Denver defense having Keenan Allen back is going to matter a lot for this team. And thanks to, uh, the bills beating the chiefs, a win for them. Well, they're tied for first anyway, but they lost to, they lost the tie break game to the chiefs, but there is a road for them to be on top of the division this week. And this is also a good spot for Austin Eckler to have a nice solid performance, uh, that I could have used last week. Actually, he played well last week. It's not his fault. Um, It's their offensive line's fault for constantly holding. I like Seattle. Uh, I have a lot of history with them. And I would hope that, if anything, they can compete. But at the end of the day, you know, Geno Smith has played well. Is he going to play well enough for them to win this game? I don't think so. But, you know, I can have some fun and take them to cover. And I'll take the over at 505 Oh, two minutes is up. Reds picks. She's still loyal to the Hawks. Speaking of the Chiefs, they're up next as they square off against the 49ers in America's Game of the Week, the 125 slot on Fox. The 49ers, as I mentioned earlier, are the spanking, shiny, brand-new owners of Christian McCaffrey's contract. Uh, they always run the ball well, so... I don't know that he really affects their running game as drastically as uh, he could have for some other teams, but definitely doesn't hurt. They still have Jeff Wilson Jr., they still have Tevin Coleman, they still have Tyrion Davis-Price, but clearly with their guys going to IR, they wanted something to keep them competitive, and... You got probably the best available running back, uh, and you got him on a good one-year sample size deal as his contract was restructured into a signing bonus from Carolina. Um, looks like Charvarius Ward will play. Uh, Hufanga is questionable. Eric Armstead's out. Uh, you know the Niners have been waiting for this game, too, since they lost that Super Bowl to the Chiefs. Um, But the Chiefs actually got to see, you know, what the top of the mountain AFC looks like with the Bills. And, you know, they're disappointed from last week. They'll be missing Rashad Fenton, and Joe Thune is questionable. The Niners have been kind of schizo at 3-3. It's tough to tell who they are as they got obliterated by the Falcons 28-14 last week in a game that they should easily win. They beat a bad Carolina team, they beat the Rams, but then they lost to Denver And Jimmy's first start, 11-10. to 10. So, I don't know who this team is yet. I don't know that they do either, but the Chiefs know who they are. And for that reason, I'm going to take the Chiefs as one-point favorites on the road, and I will take under at 49. Rids picks. She's taking the Chiefs to bounce back. Okay, so that was a little bit over two minutes, but... We're just using it as a loose guideline to help move things along without my co-host. And the next game brings us to the Steelers at the Dolphins. Pittsburgh obviously riding high after beating the Bucks, But, you know, the Bucks could have tied the game there at the end. It was very similar to the Green Bay game for Tampa, how they just missed a two-point conversion at the end after kind of struggling all game and nothing was going to click. The Dolphins are still beat up, though. Jalen Waddle, questionable. Teron Armstead and Greg Little, the two tackles on the O-line, questionable. Christian Wilkins, uh, the guy who I've seen make some dirty plays this year, questionable. Manuel Ogba, questionable. Xavier Howard, questionable. Trey Flowers has been on IR. So Miami's not at 100%. Uh, Akella Witherspoon is uh, doubtful for the Steelers. And they're still missing Carl Joseph and DeMonte KZ, and TJ Watt's still on IR. So their defense isn't 100%, but I, th- I would say overall they seem to be the healthier team. Uh, it's Kenny Pickett's season now. Uh, it looks like he's going to play. It looks like he has passed concussion protocol. I don't know what they want to do with Chase Claypool, as he is rumored to be on the move potentially to Green Bay. Hasn't happened yet. But if they go with Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, that's a nice one-two punch. Makes Claypool a little bit expendable, and then they go to Friarmuth and they get Najee Harris and Jalen Warren more involved. Um, just I know that two was coming back for this one supposedly, but man, I feel that he's one hit away from never playing football again. And I know that you know, football is a dangerous game. But Teddy Bridgewater threw for 300 yards. Like, yeah, he got a, he got off to a slow start last week. Um, but he was able to keep them competitive. And, you know, they lost to the Vikings. But the Vikings are 5-1. There's no shame in that. I'm tempted to take the Steelers. And I think I will just go with it and not second-guess myself. Because I feel that if Tua gets hit again, then that's kind of gonna be it and the Dolphins defense has not been super impressive to me I don't I don't know why they're favored by seven and a half I guess it's possible that they go ahead and you know dominate that much but Steelers defense hasn't been good either we'll see um but I I need some underdogs here and there and I'll go with the Steelers what's the over under sorry I'm over two minutes 44 and a half. Eh, let's have fun we'll go over with that Reds picks Rids is taking the Steelers, too. All right, so last and sort of least, we've got the Bears on the road at the Patriots. I think the Bears have a good argument as the worst team in football as well, because I don't know what they're doing. Um, I don't know who's going to play quarterback for the Patriots, though. I really couldn't tell you. Is it Bailey Zappi? Is it Mac Jones? I don't know. We know that Justin Fields is going to play quarterback for the Bears and that it hasn't been the prettiest. Uh, he's had some drops. Uh, he actually like didn't play poorly in their loss last week, but it's like you ask him to throw the ball maybe only 17 times a game and then he's got to make three throws at the end to win it, but he's not in rhythm. Your offense isn't in rhythm, so what are you going to do? I don't know. I don't like the Bears. I don't think they're very good right now. I think Matt Eberflus is not a good coach from what I've seen so far. Um, But we'll see. The Patriots finally starting to get some momentum. Uh, They still have Mac Jones' list as questionable. Kendrick Bourne's questionable. Uh, Nelson Aguilar questionable. Both Mike Unwenu and Isaiah Wynn are questionable on the right side of the O-line. Lawrence guy's questionable. Uh, Jalen Mills questionable. You know what, as usual, every time I looked at the Patriots' depth chart or their injury report last season, it was like they had 20 guys questionable. So I think it's more of gamesmanship, honestly, by Belichick than anything. But from what I've seen, the Patriots are a far better football team than the Bears, and seeing them favored by 7.5 makes sense. I believe that they're going to get... Uh, Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris involved in this one, it looks like. So the Bears giving up 163 yards on the ground per game is not good. And there's a reason they only give up 190 passing because they get gashed on the ground so much. And so the Patriots score more. They give up less. uh, They're better at yardage. They're just the better team. So I have no reason to pick against the Patriots and I will take them to cover. Reds picks little bear is taking the bears. And that's it. We're in under 45 minutes. So I mean, 2 minutes is kind of quick. I think this is a match uh, this is a week full of matchups where it's a little bit more straightforward at least for me. I there's not a lot of digging and head scratching that I had to do. You know, I may end up being wrong about a lot of this, but at the end of the day, it seems like I have used my evaluation tools, and was able to use them pretty quickly. So I'm going to stick with it, rather than hedge my bets and make some changes. We're going to roll with these picks and see what happens. And, of course, I'll report back next week. Last week I was 8-6, and six, and I had no time to pick any games or look into anything, so I was still able to get above 500, just basically blind guessing. But I lost to my dog, Ridley, who, she was 10-4 and four in picks last week, so... It happens. She's beaten me a couple times, but on the season, I'm, I've am i got a significant advantage. So if we're just using her as the coin, the random control generator, then I'm better than the average random control. And that's all I want to be. You know, it's, it's really hard to pick football games and do it consistently. But the good news is, in my home pick'em league, I won it last year, and... I am in first again this year and you know what since I have a couple minutes and we haven't quite reached 45 minutes I will bring up the the spreadsheet that has all the data on it and that way I can at least show you that I am accountable for what I'm doing and so my 2020 pick'em record was 178 76-1. 76 and 1. That was a winning percentage of 69.8. So that was pretty damn good two years ago. Then uh, 2021 hit and they added the extra game to the schedule. Things flexed a little bit. It got weird. I went 175, 96 and 1, which is a winning percentage of uh, 64.34. That's good for a combined winning percentage over two years of 66.98 which i'm happy with and you know this year through six weeks 58 35 and one um so i could get better but i'm just hoping it doesn't get worse if i can stay on this pace i should be good enough to uh, continue competing my win percentage this season is only 61.7 so not as good as it has been in the past. My record against the spread this year is 48 and 44. Not good there either. I always get killed on the over-under, and I'm 39 and 53 this year, so super ugly. Kristen's overall record, 50, 42, and 1. Ridley is 50, 43, and 1. And uh, Kristen's two-year average is 61.76, so still, you know, above 60% is solid. And I don't know. I like doing this. I'm going to keep doing it. I hope that if you listen to this, you like it too, and that I've helped you in some way, because if you followed my advice, you should be up. But then again, I'm wrong sometimes. You know, there's one thing I wanted to do was maybe pick a single game on the schedule that I feel like is a good upset game to take, and maybe give that as like my upset pick of the week. And based on what I've seen... The only one that I really like as a good upset pick is the Giants on the road at the Jags. Because the Giants have shown that they're the better team so far. They don't quit. They are very resilient and hard to put away. Um, And they don't offer the best value as an underdog pick because they're only three-point dogs. So plus 143 isn't great. But there's a reason that it's plus 143 because they're, you know contenders in that game and I mean you could take the Falcons at plus 235 and maybe get a flyer on that but if I'm gonna pick one game that I'm gonna hang my hat on and say the underdog wins I will take the Giants in that one we've clocked in at 42 minutes Uh, we're gonna get it done in less than 45 I like this maybe I'll move the timer up to two and a half but if I can get it in two minutes and if I get my co-host back Maybe we'll put three, four minutes on the clock so we each get to. I don't know. We'll see how it goes, but this was brisk. It was easy, and now I have to spend a couple hours writing about it. So thank you for listening. If you listen to this show, please reach out to me on social media. You can find me at Nick NickScheisty on Twitter or at Scheisse Podcast if you want to. Both of those are available. Uh, I would love to hear from you, and know how you've done maybe following my picks, uh, because I've done okay, and the whole idea was to, you know, put it out there for other people to take a look at and to use my evaluation process to see if they agree with it, so, anyway, time to move on, I'm going to enjoy my Saturday, bills are on bye week tomorrow, so I don't know what I'm going to do, am I going to watch football, I don't know, all my guys are on bye anyway, so, it's tough with fantasy, but... If I got some money riding on some of these games, then there's something to look forward to. So, anyway, take care, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, And for Kristen, happy Football Sunday. Thank you to everyone who took the time to listen to the episode. I still believe that word of mouth is the best way to help, so if you enjoyed it, please tell somebody. But liking, subscribing, and sharing go a long way, too. This show is an extension of thescheiss.com, and you can contact me at info at or at Scheiss podcast on Twitter. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills.